Well, hello everyone. It is time for announcements here at Keys Vineyard. Hey, let's go Panthers. They're in the cup final. It's a big deal. Okay. Support your local NHL hockey team. Semi-local, right? Anyway, announcements. I'm not here for sports. I'm here for church events. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, June 13th through the 15th is our summer VBS. We're encouraging uh, all the parents to bring their children ages 3 to 11. Uh, it, it's three days. Their kids are going to have a blast to learn about the Bible. We'll play some awesome games. We'll have our bounce houses set up. They're going to have some great snacks. and Yeah, so register them on the app or the website. And if you can, sign up to volunteer as well. That makes a big difference in the lives of the children. Uh, and just having enough volunteers to help makes that event so much better. So please help us with that. Uh, the men's and women's groups will be meeting Tuesday at 6.30 here at the church. The chosen group is still going. Uh, they'll be meeting Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, be on the lookout for a night watch. That'll be June 28th. Uh, that will be a night of ministry and prayer and acoustic worship. So uh, mark that in your calendars. We'll have some cool stuff in July and August and in the summer. So uh, be looking forward to that. But I think that's it for announcements. Uh, with all that said, let's get ready for church. Go Panthers! Everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into worship. And so uh, we've had fun this morning. We'll have fun with you as well. We're back into our new series called Sword Sharpening, how to make the most out of your time with the Bible. We're going to look at how it all points to Jesus today. So get your Bible and get a coffee and get comfortable and get ready because here we go. Woo! Very good. Good morning, everyone. It is great to see your faces, hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you don't know the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Alice will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we will have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in sword sharpening part two. And I really enjoyed beginning it with you guys last week. I'm excited for you to continue on. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful for your presence this morning. We are so thankful to be able to come together with brothers and sisters and celebrate and worship you. We thank you for how you've been moving in our lives, showing us that you are near, guiding us. And Papa, we praise you because we know you'll do it again next week. Papa, help us to have ears to hear and hearts that are soft this morning, to be good receivers of your word. And help us to draw closer to you. We love you so much, God. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, you taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant to us by the same Spirit to judge all things rightly and rejoice always in his holy comfort. We ask this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he's betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. Saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same man took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of place and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance we call communion or Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. So his friends gather this morning. We too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the bind of the Lord. 
Remember and give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. One remember how he died and rose again. One remember with all thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel it by the Spirit. Eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And uh, I always like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices and participate as we praise the Lord here today. We'll see the words uh, on the screens. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. This is Cherry Blossoms.
silent And surely it was true But since when has impossible Ever stopped And Friday's disappointment And Sunday's empty tomb since when has impossible never stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of
love you, Lord, and we are so thankful for this time of worship in your presence and this time of celebrating how awesome you are, God. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And hey, Mom. Would you please come up and teach the kids a Bible verse? Y'all can call her Miss Alice. I will. Thank you. That was my guitar key. Hi, everybody. How are we today? Good morning. (laughs) Is everybody excited because school's over for the year? Yes. Okay, parents, are you excited that school's over for the year? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, today, it's okay. Today, we're going to learn about faith. And I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a light switch in your room when you turn on your lights? And what happens when you turn the light switch on, Ava? It's light. Yeah, the light comes on. Do you see the electricity working? No, you don't. But you know the light's going to come on. That's kind of what faith is like. And there were some men in the Bible, and many women as well, who trusted God but never got to see Jesus like us. People that love Jesus live by faith. We believe what he did for us. We believe that he's with us, okay? So that's what you're going to learn about. And our Bible verse is Hebrews 11 one. Can you guys help me with that? All right, here we go. Ready? Hebrews 11, 1. 11, 1. Good job. Faith means being sure. Faith means being sure. Of what we hope for. And knowing. Good job, Calvin. Where are we? And knowing that someone is real. That someone is real. Of knowing is something is real. Even if we do not see it. Even if we do not see it. Good job, you guys. Say amen, Ozzy. Amen. Good job. I wish y'all could see how cute these kids are. It's the best part. Do you know what I want you to do today? Can someone help me sing happy birthday to Pastor Steve? Yeah. That's Pastor Steve's 25th birthday. All right. Are we, are we ready? I be, you want me to start it off? Now, where are your sticker? Baby? There's my sticker. No, I'll start. Here we go. You, are you really? Oh, you got it? I'm going to start it. Y'all are in for a real treat. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Okay, now I'm going to pray for you, so let's bow our heads and close our eyes like Pastor Georgina taught us, okay? Father, we thank you for this day, for every person and every family represented here, Lord. I pray that you bless our kids, that you put your angels around them and keep them safe. And we thank you, Lord, for our snacks at Sunday school. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job, you guys. Amen. Thank you, children. Have fun. Learn well. Obey. We got one that's decided to camp there. (laughs) She just shrugged too, like, yeah, I'm here. I'm good. So much fun. Got a bottleneck over there. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. 
Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to have you with us on this Memorial Day. And uh, so good to be here. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you point a smart device at that, with your camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card. Name, phone number, email address is what that form will ask for. And if you do that, we'll be sending you texts and emails over the next five or six weeks, and then it tapers off after there. So... uh, so that would be great if you would do that. Uh, we also, whenever we gather corporately, we pray for our neighbors, and we're going to do that in just a second. But I do want to sort of remind you that it's a Memorial Day tomorrow. We had a little video clip before the announcements that we ran. And um, please take some time to, tomorrow to remember. Pause from all of the activities and all the busyness and uh, be thankful to God for... Uh, all his goodness, and be thankful for the service of those who have uh, paid that high price and exchanged their lives so that we can have life. It's a big deal, all right? So uh, do that tomorrow. So we, uh, we pray for our neighbors corporately whenever we gather to sort of emphasize something I ask you to do every day at home. Play for, pray for the people who live right around you. This is a huge ministry. It's powerful. It's so important, and it's something all of us should be doing daily pray for your neighbors. And so think about a couple of them, and let's go to the Lord. Uh, Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. God, we ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways and draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. God, help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Keep it up. We hear lots of powerful stories and testimonies about people's neighbors, you know, being touched and moved and moving in the right direction. So that's a very cool thing. We just started a new series a couple of weeks ago, Sword Sharpening, we call it. It's about how to make the most of your time in the Bible, and we're going to be encouraging you uh, to do that, and uh, got some fun stuff we'll be doing in this series. We're sort of in the introduction phase, and uh, I said last week, you know, we made the comparison of the word to a sword and all that that means, and uh, there are four sort of ideas that we're going to do here over the next few weeks that we're going to talk about how the Bible is really pointing to Jesus. We'll be doing that one today. That the Bible's more than a book. It's a library of books, and that impacts how we read it, and that's very important. Um, uh, also, we're going to talk about, again, how the Bible is its written for us, but not to us. And so we have to get in mind the mindset of people that it was originally written to because that impacts how we read it. And then context. It's such a big deal, the importance of context. And so all those are coming up in the next few weeks. But today we're going to talk about how it all points at Jesus. And I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, I've got a few jokes. We always start with jokes. But before we get to the joke, quick story. But wait, why aren't you wearing your sticker? I didn't want it. That's what he said about the outfit I bought him for his birthday. Oh, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. It's... There you go. go anyway, quick story, because well, there's some visitors here. So, we, okay. I, I, and, uh, so hey, bear with me through the story and the jokes, and then we'll be hard into the world, I promise. Right. All right? So, um, but we like to tell you things that are happening. Yesterday, you... so we have, a, we have a dog, and I talk about my dog fairly often. She's our baby. We love her. We're a little ridiculous with our dog, but maybe you have a dog and you understand that. She's small and she's older. Oh, anyway, we also have a cat that I don't talk about as much. <laughs> and I want to make sure you don't think that I don't care about my cat. She's I... just not as friendly. No, no, she's not. She's, she's, well, anyway. she's a cat. And... Um, but if you're a cat lover, that's good. And I hope you have one that, you know, curls up and loves you. This cat doesn't do that. This cat has a very small love tank, is the way I put it. Yeah. In the mornings when I... She lives in my office yes. at, at home. And in the mornings when I wake up, she b- jumps off her perch, which is really overlooks everything in the world, and, which she expects, comes onto my desk, does terrible stuff to my keyboard, yes. and insists on about two minutes of affection, which I have to really manage because yeah. if I go too long or don't do it just right, she lets me have it and draws blood. Right. Whack. Monster murder. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so we, you know, we love the cat, but we're a little bit afraid of it. Yeah. Now, 
I'm a, it's, it's, it's one, true. Good story. So yesterday we have to go to the vet. You have to go uh, to the vet. Cat needs a, to go to the she vet. She had a thing. Yeah, she's 17. Something we had to, yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're taking the vet. Now, in trying to figure this, she, she doesn't like change at all. Okay. And she's very perceptive. And you, she scares you with her look. So three days ago, I actually put the cat crate in the room yeah. with her. To get her used to so it. So that she could hang out with it and walk around it. The doors, it was open. She could look in. But the, when I first put it in there, you should have seen the look. No way you would have touched her then, right? She in there three days. And Alice and I did, uh, we, we got ready for this whole vet trip. There's three things that we did. And they all start with a P. And I want to pass them on because it was very important. Well, yeah. 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 And so the first thing was we actually had a plan. We did. Um, to get her into the crate. And it was teamwork. And we were going to go in real quickly. Alice was going to scruff the cat um, and grab grab a hold of its front paws. And I was to slip in and grab the back paws because those are the real dangerous ones. And, uh, And then together we would carefully put her in the crate. So that was one. We had a plan. Secondly... Um, we had protection. And you go, what does that mean? Well, when I knew this was coming, I went into my room and I got a long sleeve shirt. Yes. And I had it buttoned down to here, right? Because yes. I wanted to minimize the attack space. Yes. And, uh, and then Alice saw that and she go, good idea. Yeah. And she got a long sleeve sweater. So we were, we were ready. We had protection. And then, this is a big one, and you can tie this into today's word if you want. We prayed. Yes, we did. In the name of the Father. Now, and the I'm always talking, we, we, we model prayer a lot. But it, so, and I, it was earnest prayer too. I mean, we stopped in the room and very quietly said, we, Lord Jesus, please. <laughs> we need you now. And, and, uh, and we did those things and it went off without a hitch. The, the plan worked, the protection worked, the prayer worked. And she went right into the crate, went to the vent, got her home. And look, no, no, no scratches. Yes. And she's okay. The cat's okay, yes. She's okay. She's, I mean, for a 17-year-old cat. She's as okay as she can be. They said she was cute, and I thought, well... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> she was pretty it. subdued there. Yeah. Okay, so that's the story. That's and the little... The, the important, the more... Pray, right? Because that's the big deal, right? Yes. right. Uh, I, told a, I told a joke on a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. the other day, and nobody laughed. Mm-hmm. It turns out I'm not remotely funny. There you go. That's true on more levels. I know, than Zoom. I know, I know. Okay. What what do you call a what do you call a chicken looking at a bowl of salad? Hungry? No, chicken sees a salad. Ah, cute. Boom. Mic drop. Are you done? Last one. Okay. Apologies to the visitors. Yeah. Apologies. There was a report recently that mm-hmm. 139 people got sick from eating the breakfast cereal Lucky Charms. I love Lucky Charms. I know. And it's interesting because, you know, one or two people getting sick, that could be a coincidence. But 139 people? That's tragically suspicious. Okay. <laughs> he loves songs when he... Er, Song jokes. Jokes when he Pray for sing. us and lead us in the reading of the Word. And then we'll get serious. Let's see if we can switch gears, pray and read the Word together, Okay. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. No matter what season we're in, no matter where we find ourselves today, Lord, you are with us and you walk amongst us. Thank you, Father, for the days of laughter. Thank you, Father, for the days of sorrow. We know you're with us and we know that we will feel your presence. I pray, Father, that we can be a blessing to the people that we love today as we read and sharpen our sword. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Colossians. This is chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Blessed be the word. You guys can sit. 
So we want to use uh, that passage to kind of direct us in, in today. It talks about let the word or the message of Christ dwell in you richly. And it could be word uh, translated there. This is a, a series about the Bible, the, the word of God. And I got to tell you up front, my hope is that by the time we're done with this series, at the, at the very least, but hopefully in it somewhere, that um, reading the Bible becomes something that you look forward to and enjoy every day. And that for some people I know that it seems like a duty, and for some people that it just is something they try and get through or they don't get to. But my hope is that that gets changed as we press through this series. And let me say again that, uh, that this is life-giving. This is a life-giving adventure, and there's nothing quite like it. And so we need to press into it, the Word. We're, we're talking about the written Word of God, the Bible. And uh, as I said last week, we compared it to a sword, because the Bible does that itself. And we need to sharpen it. It's a, it's, our, it's a weapon, both offensively and defensively, and it's a gift that God actually gives us. The issues we have are um, statistically, and this is a pretty recent statistic, 64% of People that go to church rarely or never read the Bible. Two out of three people just never or rarely read the Bible. That's a significant number. I'm hopefully here that's not our number, but it's a statistical number. And I often think the problem is, and we've talked about this, is that one of the reasons it's so hard is that the enemy doesn't want you to read the Bible. And so he's crafty. He's very deceptive. And there's a lot of things that he puts in motion to keep you from reading the Bible. And we need to become aware of those things. I've I've told you many times, two things he doesn't want you doing, our enemy. One of them is reading the Bible and the other is praying. And so he, if you think about how many things come against that time in your life, it's significant. So we want to know that. Uh, Those numbers break down by age even more. Uh, With seniors, it's it's not 64%. It's 50% rarely or never read it, which is still a pretty shocking number. And with younger generation millennials, it's 75%. Go to church, but don't check in. And I've got to tell you that there's something that you can really only get in your walk with the Lord by reading this book for yourself. And that, no matter how many sermons you listen to and how many podcasts you listen to and how many other people you hear talk about it, they'll never get to everything. It can only happen when you pick it up and ask Holy Spirit to really begin to show you what's in there. Because there's a lot. There's layers and layers and layers and layers of stuff that's going in here. And it's, it's so amazing. Uh, I, I've been reading the Bible since 1985. That's when I got saved. And I read it a lot. And I've read it a lot for lots of reasons. It's what I do. But I, And I'm happy to say that, you know, you know almost 40 years in, uh, I still see new stuff all the time. It still opens up. And, and that's how it's designed. It's designed that this, this inspired, amazing literature from God is designed so that the more you hang with it, the more is revealed to you about God. And it's exciting. It really is. And, and that's part of what helps us to push past the attack and the busyness and how, many, how easy other things are to kind of hang out and read it and study it, make time for it in our lives. So uh, we have the, this word that is a blessing to us that we need to read. And, and really, to grow in our relationship with the Lord, we have to really develop this relationship in his word. And, and it's where we really begin to know more about him. That scripture Alice read said this in verse 16 of Colossians 3, let the message or word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let, let the word dwell in you richly. Now, remember when it was originally written, people didn't have the Bible. This was much later. <laughs> that, and, you know, it, for, it's only recently in cultures like ours that everybody has copies and digitally available. But they didn't have it. And so they had bits and pieces in their, in their churches, in their communities, and they would hear it. And then they would to repeat it to one another and encourage one another and talk about it and expound on it and, and, and let it just continue to grow. And we need to continue to do that. We talk about it and then we need to hang out with it. It's what I tell you all the time. You need to learn to hang out with the Bible. And, uh, and so, you know, last week we talked about inviting Holy Spirit into our reading time and, and ask if he, you know, will you help us see things? And then oftentimes he'll 
something will pop out and then just hang with it, you know, for a day or two days or a week or a year, whatever. But you, you just dwell in it. You, you hang on it. And the scripture continues to open itself up to you. It is a life-giving adventure. Now, if that's not you, don't feel guilty. And that's okay. I get it. Uh, but we want to help you have that. And so there, there's little things that we want to talk about that maybe will help build that connection. So one thing I, I like to tell people, if, if going to the Bible seems like a little bit of a chore, you never get out of it, anything else, you don't understand it, or, okay, I'm going to do it because I know I'm supposed to, um, here's another way to look at it. So you know John chapter 1, and I say you know it because I talk about it all the time. I will say it's one of my favorite chapters, but so are all of them. Uh, and I just love even the way it starts, you know, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And it just it's just this fascinating, amazing collection of, uh, you know, the Apostle John getting what's happening and making connections. And we get to verse 14, and it says, The Word, that same Word becomes flesh, and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, talking of Jesus, fully God, fully man. He tabernacles among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, there's something about the Word becoming flesh that makes a connection even with the written Word, the spoken Word, all these things. And I like to think of it that every time I come into the written Word, in effect, in some fashion, I'm coming to Jesus. The Word become flesh. And I, I like to make that picture of just sort of sitting with him. I've invited the Holy Spirit already, and now, now I'm coming to Jesus um, because it's his word, and he meets me there. Uh, listen what he says to the Pharisees, some religious folks who didn't get it. John five thirty nine and 40. He said, you study the scriptures diligently. You're hanging with the book. But because you think that, it, because you think that in them are eternal life. These are the very scriptures, he says, that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And, and what he's saying, in essence, is you're, you're, you're reading the scripture, but you're missing the whole point. Jesus. He's the point. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, and, and so... Part of this understanding is that, that when we're coming to the Bible, that our motive is, that our desire is, we want to meet Jesus there. We want to know him more. We want to look for him and listen for him on this. And if, if that's not the motive, then oftentimes the Bible is very difficult to understand. But if your desire is, God, I'm just in love with you and I want to know you more, and we come with hearts that want to know his heart, if we come with that attitude and that mindset, he begins to open up and reveal the things that are going on in here. And it changes the dynamic of reading the scripture. So instead of, that, what happens with a lot of folks is just words. And, and you, and, but instead of just reading words, what happens is you begin to experience the word, Jesus. And once that happens, uh, it changes everything. Because you, you'll experience him and you'll go, I, then you develop a hunger and a thirst for more and more of that. So we're coming to Jesus. Remember last week I said we invite Holy Spirit when we read. That's important. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, when you sit to read, Holy Spirit, would you, would you help me now to understand and would you show me what I need to see? And he's faithful to come and answer those prayers. I mean, if he answers cat prayers, certainly he's going <laughs> to... Certainly he's going to be with this stuff, right? And so we come with that mindset to, uh, to let the word dwell in us richly. And this is that idea of hanging out with it. And that it, it deepens the more you spend time with it. The Bible is never a one and done thing. Reading the Bible, you can't, well, I've read the Bible. No, it's not how it works. I'm glad you have, and I hope everybody can say that now because I've been encouraging you. I was about to say bugging or nagging, and I don't want those to be the words. I've encouraged you for years that as a believer, you have to read from beginning to end. You need to read it. But it's, it's not just one and done. And then you say, okay, I've read it. Now do it again. And then do it again. And then hang out with it and study it and let it start to open up to you because there's layers and layers and layers and layers and layers that I don't know that, that we get to all the layers, which is so exciting. But there's so many things in there. And, and so... To dwell on it for me is to, is to read it looking for Jesus. And he's in there. The whole thing is pointing. He says, I'm in there. And, and don't force things to be that Jesus, but there's many, many literary things 
that are helping you to know more about Jesus in Old Testament and New Testament. So let me give you a couple of examples. Let's let's talk about the book of Exodus for a moment. Uh, one of my favorite books, which I would have said about whatever book I just mentioned. But Exodus is powerful because it's the, you know, at the, at the surface, it's the story of God rescuing his people from slavery and bondage to sin in Egypt and the mighty ways in which he does it. And there's an immediate connection for us just on the surface that, that Jesus is in fact our exodus. That Jesus comes and rescues us uh, uh, and delivers us from slavery and bondage to sin and death. That's Jesus. You know, and, and then in the Exodus story, God's going to take them. He's going to move them through the Red Sea. And we can well, that's like how he moves us through baptism. And on the other side is deliverance. And then he's heading us towards the promised land. And that's new creation. And we have all these tie-ins on the top. And then, you know, next sort of level, we can see that in the ten plagues, that last one is the death of the firstborn. And how it's the Passover lamb who uh, is sacrificed. And the blood of the lamb is put over the doorpost of the house of Israel and the angel of death passes over everywhere where there's the blood on the doorpost and that Jesus, John, you know, tells us uh, that uh, John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God, right, in the, in the Gospel of John. And Jesus is our Passover Lamb and he, when we apply his blood to us as believers, we're passed over um, from death. We, we move right into eternal life and we see those things. Well, those things like that continue throughout the book of Exodus. I, I don't have any idea how many there are. There are lots and lots of them that continue to develop as you hang out. So let me give you a couple of stories from Exodus of those kind of things that you can you can look for as you read. And it's throughout the Old Testament. It's all over the place. So um, most of you know, back in Exodus, it's a well-known Bible story, uh, about the, the golden calf. Um, and uh, what happens is in Exodus... So. Uh, the golden calf with people of God uh, at the time asked for an idol because they couldn't find Moses or some more than that. Somewhere around Exodus 24, God tells Moses, come up with me. Uh, I got some things I got to share to you for the whole people. And he goes up and God talks to Moses from like Exodus 24 to Exodus chapter 32. Uh, it's a long time. It's 40 days. And the people of Israel, they don't really know God yet very well. They've been, you know, in Egypt for 400 years. They didn't really know God. They're learning about God and they're learning to trust Him. But they get frustrated with Moses all the time uh, because they they don't trust God and they complain a lot. Nobody here ever complains about the way God does things, right? And then they look at Moses and they make it Moses' fault. Now he's gone 40 days. And Aaron's in charge, and uh, they go to Aaron, and they say, this, this isn't working for us. We can't control Moses. We certainly can't control this God that you have. So what we need you to do is you, we need you to make us a God that we can be in charge of, uh, and you know one that we can handle. And so Aaron says, okay, bring me all your gold jewelry stuff. And uh, he takes the jewelry, and he throws it in the fire, and he fashions, Aaron does, this golden calf. And when the calf comes out, they, they actually call it Yahweh, and they, they make it a holy day, and they begin to celebrate and dance. It's a horrific account. Uh, and Moses is going to come back into that situation after 40 days. I'll read you that verse in a minute. But one of the things, I won't, you can go and read it when he comes. I love when, when Moses comes to Aaron, who he left in charge. And Aaron, I've been busy. I've been talking with God. There's a lot going on here. Uh, and he says to Aaron, what in the world is going on? And Aaron said, oh, it's not my fault. It's these people. Uh, they demanded that I do this. And in fact, all I really did was throw the gold into the fire and this calf popped out, which is not what happened at all. But he's blame shifting. Nobody's ever done that either, right? So here's what actually happens when they're celebrating this false god that they've created, this idol. And uh, in Exodus 32, 15, it says, this Moses turned... And went down the mountain with the two tablets of covenant law in his hands. And they were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. The finger of God wrote on these stone tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's the sound of war in the camp. And Moses replied, it's not the sound of victory. It's not the sound of defeat. It's the sound of singing that I hear. And when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned. And he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces 
at the foot of the mountain. Now, that's a, that's a big story, but what, you, what I want you to connect with here is that these stone tablets, these are the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words. I guess God telling everybody how they're supposed to live as his kids. It's really cool. And um, this, is the, this is the Word of God in physical form for the first time. What's happening? The very first time. This is, that's what that picture is. And when, when uh, the sin of the people is so apparent, Moses breaks them. He drops them and they're broken. And so the, the physical Word of God is broken because of the sin of the people. Now, the, the word is eternal, as we've said. You know, we looked at John 1 already, so it can't stay broken. So after repentance and other things happen, God's going to fix what takes place. And so he commands Moses to make a couple more tablets and bring them back up. Exodus 34, Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. And so because the the word is eternal and it's broken because of the sin of the people. However, it can't stay broken, so he redoes it. Now, Steve, what are you talking about? Well, here's a picture. Jesus is the word in physical form when he comes. And because of the sin of the people, he's broken. It's what happens at the cross. It's a picture of that whole process, right? You know, this is my body, which is for you. And, and yet... Because he's eternal, he can't stay broken. So what does he do? He defeats death and he rises again. That's the word, right? Coming again, resurrected. And these are the promises that we have. And this is a picture way back in Exodus of what's going to happen in these sort of smaller stories so that you, when it begins to happen, these guys in the first century were like, oh, look at this. And they would make these connections. And God continues to do that for us. There's another cool story in Exodus. This actually happens before the one that I just told you back in Exodus 15. And uh, what happens in Exodus 15? This is right after they've gone through the Red Sea, and they, they're three days into their journey, and there's no water. Three days without water in the desert is a critical situation. So they're on the edge of death, right? This is, a, this is a, not a good thing. Uh, and in Exodus 15, 22, it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, which was this big water situation, they couldn't drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. It was filled with mineral salts, and so you couldn't drink it. And therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which means bitter. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So they're mad at God, so they complain to Moses. And again, we just talked about that. And I think it might be their thirst is probably now. Have you ever been really thirsty? So you know what that feels like. And then to see a water source and then realize you can't do anything about it, it's like, oh, so now they're, they're really upset, right? And so Moses cries to the Lord, and, and he, he says this. He says, the Lord showed him a tree... And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Okay, so when you start to read the, the scripture and hang out with it, you want to look for... Trees often have a story going behind them. Gardens often have a story. Anything third day is connected to stuff that's going on. There's a number of things. But tree here is important. And uh, if you hang out with this verse a little bit, it says the Lord showed him a tree. And that word showed is a Hebrew word. It's the same word where we get uh, the word Torah from. It means to point. Last week we talked about Torah pointing to how to live, right? That the first Torah is the first five books of the Bible. That's one of the things they're called. They're pointers. How, there's the sort of how to live this thing out. Well, uh, here's what happened is that the Lord Torahed him a tree. And this tree, when it was cast into the waters, made the waters sweet. Now, I, I want you to think a little bit about a tree in our life that turns bitterness into sweetness. And it's the cross. And everything is pointing at that moment, at time, in the cross. And see, the, the cross is a tree. And in effect, at the fall, what happened is we lost access to the tree of life. But at Calvary, we got it back. And that's the picture of the cross. And the cross takes bitterness and makes it sweet. It takes our sin and it redeems us through it. It changes us. It makes us new. It gives us life. 
And there's a picture of it back in Exodus of of what's going to happen and why that's important. See, the Bible is filled with these kind of connections. They're in layers. There's layer after layer after layer. But you, you sort of get them as you hang with it. And it will, you'll get one of those and you'll be like, ah. a couple of weeks ago I got a new one. I can't share it today. It's next week's. And I'm so excited because it's new to me. I just, and I've been reading it forever. And so it'll, we worked it into next week's message because I think you'll get it. But, but that's what I want you to do. Dig in and look for those things. Now, last little thing about this because in our scripture today where it says we're to teach and admonish one another. We're to help one another and we're to encourage one another. And we're to learn from what we read. And so uh, the, the third thing is that as we teach and admonish all wisdom. And what I want to say to you is it's very important that we apply the word to our lives. Um, and that growth is not just how much Bible you know. It's actually all about how much you apply. And I want to be careful that I'm, I'm encouraging you to know and to grow and, you know, learn. And, but I want you to apply it as you grow. You need to ask Holy Spirit. Now, but I, it's great, but now how does, that, how, how does that work in me today? James said this in chapter 1, verse 22. He said, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And that listen there is because, again, they didn't have the Bible back then. They had bits and fragments and chunks. They heard it. It was almost all audible as they got together, right? And so... Take it in and let it change you. That's what a sword is supposed to do. Remember I said it's sharp and it cuts down and it changes our thoughts and our attitudes. Anybody here have any attitudes that need to be changed still? And you're hanging out with the Bible should be doing that as we apply it. And so we let that happen. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I've always liked that passage. So... Because, no, never mind. And uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. So this is, that's really the, the idea behind spiritual maturity. It's, it's not how much Bible you know. It's really about how much Bible you apply and that you allow Holy Spirit to change in you. So... That's sort of what I have for you today. We're going to dig in more next week, and I'm excited about it. We're going to talk next week about how the Bible's not just a book, it's a library of books, and how that understanding begins to open things up for us, and how we read it. Uh, And I got that cool thing to share with you. I'll do that next week as well. But that's good for today. Ministry team, those are here. Why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over the wall, they're here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me say this. Um... Everything starts in life with Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Right now is your time. And he's done everything that needed to happen. Our whole part is to respond to his invitation into his story and ask him to be our Lord and our Savior. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never said a prayer like that, do it. Do it now. Jesus Will you be my Lord and Savior? That's the beginning of everything that matters in your life. And it's so important. So make sure that you you do that. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Good stuff. Um, I had this word earlier, but I feel like I'm supposed to share it for this service as well. And the Lord just showed me a young girl, like in your 20s, and you've had a big disappointment in your life. I don't know what it is, but it's really... It's really stopped you. And you have actually said to the Lord, I I missed you. I missed you, God. I missed it. And the Lord wants you to know that you haven't missed it. He's right with you. He's part of your story. And that that disappointment is going to resolve itself into a better thing. And you can't see it now. But he sees you. So that if that applies to anybody here, the Lord sees you. He sees every detail. And he cares about your life. So just take that if it hits you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And let me pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us all uh, to push past any attack of the enemy that tries to keep us from engaging in your word in a life-giving way. That we would recognize it for what it is when it comes. And that we would just persevere. Give us strength. Give us hope. Give us peace. Give us wisdom. Holy Spirit, illuminate the scripture to us. 
as we continue on this journey daily with you. You are such an awesome, awesome God. Church, thanks again for your amazing uh, generosity. And uh, it, it's so cool to partner with you. We, our big food truck, we sent it down to the Akiwas High School Friday for their high school graduation thing where they keep all the kids safe, you know, overnight in a spot. And so um, we gave away, uh, Fran said there was like 100 students and 20 volunteers. And because you guys are cool, they got free ice cream and free snow cones and free good stuff. So thank you for doing that kind of stuff. Good job, guys. That's awesome. Let's sing uh, doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. We'll get these doors open for you. Looks like a nice day. Get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another out there in the parking lot. Yeah, it's all good. God bless you guys. Have fun. We'll see you soon. Bye. And thanks for watching, everybody. God bless you. Uh, Back next week at it. uh, Some more talking about how the Bible's a library of books, which really is cool. And, uh, And yeah, keep plugging in and reading away. Yeah, have a great Memorial Day, everybody. Eat something red, white, and blue. No.